Welcome to the Be Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Rodriguez. I'm a health and nutrition advisor with a certification in positive psychology. I'll be sharing strategies and interviews on health, relationships, entrepreneurship, thriving, and increasing life enjoyment. Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is Claudia. Today, I have another amazing interview for you guys with Dr. Kimberly Yoshi, who is a naturopathic physician. For the longest time, you guys have been asking me, I want to know more about women's hormonal health and hormones and how they affect us. And even though I really wanted to talk about this, I wanted to find someone that I resonated with and that could really help you guys navigate those hormonal issues. So when I met um, Dr. Yoshi, I was like, she is the one. Let me tell you a little bit about her. So after graduating from her doctorate in naturopathic medicine, she worked as a physician's assistant and she's worked in family medicine as well as toxicology, which has given her a unique background in the safe use of medications, supplements, and herbal therapies. She is actually a co-author in a nursing textbook, and she's published three abstracts in the Journal of Clinical Toxicology, which is actually a big deal. She has worked in healthcare her adult life. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology, like I do. And she really has that focus on the mind-body-spirit connection, which I think the world is shifting more towards that again. And she currently uh, runs a business called Desert Trails Natural Health here in El Paso, Texas, where she lives with her two children, her husband, and her dog, Hazel. And during this episode, you're going to hear us talk about women's hormonal health. And we start from the basics, from what are hormones, what systems do they affect, uh, what symptoms can we look out for if we're not sure if we're having hormonal issues, uh, her approach to treating I think the example that we talk about is PCOS because I know so many women struggle with that. We also talk about elimination diets. We talk about um, how it's different, how the approach of a naturopath is different from a regular doctor. And I think we should all have a naturopath. Like that's the person that we should go to first, in my opinion. So she's going to be my naturopath from here on. I hope you guys love this episode. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am super excited today. We're going to be talking about women's hormonal health. This is one subject that you guys have been asking me over and over again. And I finally found an expert that could talk to us about it. So we're, I'm here with Dr. Kimberly Yoshi, and she is a naturopathic physician. So hi, Kim. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. So tell us a little bit about your journey. I'm always interested how people got to be where they are. So why did you decide to become a naturopathic physician? Tell us. Um, when I was an undergrad about 25 years ago, I was looking at different healthcare care um, 
healthcare jobs and careers, and I stumbled upon naturopathic medicine when I was applying to medical school, and it really resonated with me. Um, I It's something I had no experience with, but I understood that it really focused on prevention, nutrition, things that I thought were really lacking in the healthcare system, so I decided that's the way I wanted to go. That's so awesome. I can totally resonate with that. So for people that don't know, tell us, let's say I come in to an MD and I come in with you. What would be the, like, the main difference in, in treatment approach? The main difference, well, the first thing you would notice is the quantity of time spent with patients. Mm. Usually our initial intake is about an, it's usually about an hour, uh, 45 minutes to an hour, as opposed to four to 10 minutes average for the, the regular physician, the MD. Um, and then the treatment approach, approach with naturopathic medicine is very holistic. We really look at the body, mind, spirit. Um, we try to really get to know our patients, have a really good rapport with them, and work with them in deciding what is the best treatment option for them. I, I love that. I love that because I feel like for a while there, we gave away the power of our health to our doctor. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think we're going into a time where people are retaking that power and taking responsibility and just seeing um, coaches and naturopaths as guides, but not as, hey, fix me. Right. And I know a lot of patients will walk out of a physician's office and not really remember what was said or remember why they're taking this new medication. It's very confusing. People are a little scared to ask questions. Mm. And so we just try to remove all of that so that it's a really, it's a working relationship. I love that. I love that. So let's start with the very, very basics, because I think if we understand the basics, it's easier to understand the harder stuff. Mm -hmm. So can you explain to us what are hormones and what systems do they affect or influence? Because I think as women, we were like hormones equals my period or fertility. But I know that they influence so much more. So can you talk to us about that? Yeah, hormones are um, biological molecules that have an impact throughout our bodies. Really, they affect almost every cell or organ on some level. Um, The organ system that mainly involves hormones is the endocrine system. So the pituitary gland, the thyroid, our ovaries, um, many different parts of our brain secrete hormones. Um, It's very complex and it really affects every part of our bodies, all of our systems. Wow. So interesting. So yeah, it's not like this one thing that affects this one area, it's exactly. like it's overall. Mm-hmm. And what are the most common hormonal problems you see in women? I um, run into women or people that I'm coaching that I see a lot of PCOS, but that's just you know me, my very limited, um, you know what I what I see in terms of hormonal issues. But what are the most common things that you see? PCOS is the most common endocrinopathy in reproductive aged women. Mm. So it is the most common one, which is probably why you see it a lot. The one, I see that a lot. I also see a lot of thyroid problems, high, a little, a little hyperthyroidism, but mostly um, autoimmune thyroid conditions such as Graves and um, like sometimes thyrotoxicosis, which then leads to hypothyroid. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so let's say. Because I know that if you're struggling with your hormones, you're going to feel symptoms, mm-hmm. right? But maybe you don't even know, you know, what it is. Maybe it's like a very nonspecific symptom mm-hmm. and like, oh, I'm always tired, but that can mean anything. So um, for those women that are out there that are listening, what 
symptoms should they be looking out for? Like, if you have this, go and check your thyroid or your hormones. Yeah, it's really a lot of times those vague kind of symptoms that are hard to pinpoint to one certain thing, like, you know, fatigue or um, low energy. Um, sometimes the symptoms will be more specific, like, you know, different kinds of hair growth or hair loss for women. That can be thyroid or some other hormones. That's something that we think about. But a lot of times it's weight gain, fatigue, bloating, um, changes with our menstrual cycle, um, those are some of the main symptoms we see. Sometimes it's even just dry skin can yeah. be a sign of a thyroid problem. Wow. So. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. And so for example, somebody that comes in with PCOS, what would you recommend? Because I know that a lot of things that we eat, a lot of environmental factors, play a role. So what would you, like, what's your approach to PCOS? Just to give an example of something. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it depends on um, kind of the, the patient picture. You know, if they're struggling with being overweight, we've got some insulin resistance going on, then we really need to focus on that. The insulin resistance is kind of often the cause of the PCOS in those cases. Uh, we think about the other hormones, but often it's starting with the insulin and the insulin resistance. So watching the carbohydrates, um, taking, for some people, a medication like metformin may be the best way to go. For others, we can do some herbal things or more dietary things. Um, berberine is an herb that works well with PCOS. It kind of works the same way as metformin, but it's it comes from a botanical um, and mainly just watching those carbs, almost as though it were someone with type 2 diabetes. Like, we really want to watch the insulin and the carbohydrate intake. Wow. Yeah. And you see that when you take, when you deal with the insulin sensitivity, everything starts to regulate itself? Yes. Wow. Yes. Oftentimes, that's enough. A lot of times, we'll treat a little more holistically to control some of the symptoms, maybe with some other other treatment modalities, but really the carbs, the exercise, decreasing that insulin resistance after a few months will, it, sometimes it can completely reverse it just, just with that. Yeah. Something that I see when we have a more holistic approach versus, you know, going to a doctor, um, is that instead of being here, take a pill and it'll fix it or it'll, it'll numb it or it'll make it go away, the symptom, um, it's more, you know, when you go with a holistic approach, it's more of a, you know, it takes time. Mm -hmm. It takes patience. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of compassion for your body. So how, how do you deal with, with that when we're so used to the quick fixes? Mm -hmm. That's the biggest challenge is when you don't see immediate results. It's hard to stick with something, especially when it's taking a lot of effort. You know, you're trying to set up new habits. Um, it takes time, it takes energy, but I just do a lot of education with my patients and a lot of support. Um, you know, sometimes I, for some people I need to see them a little bit more frequently to kind of continue to explain things and make sure we're still on the right track. Um, but I think that when you have a motivated patient, almost anything is possible. That's true. And a lot of people who are not motivated will not seek out, um, holistic medicine because it is, sometimes it does involve work. And it's taking responsibility and accountability for your health. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a different paradigm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's, mm -hmm. that's very healing for me. <laughs> and so what are some of the like key foods or nutrients or 
habits that we can have in our lifestyle that can affect in a negative way our hormonal health? Um, one of, th- there's a couple things, um, exog- exogenous estrogens in our environment, um, from plastics, from, from pesticides can really impact women in, in kind of, a f- in changing them to come um, even a PCOS picture or some other hormonal abnormalities. So making sure you're using cleaning products in your environment that are, um, that are natural, mm. um, decreasing pesticide exposure, um, and then in, also in our diet, making sure to eat as much organic as you can. Um, and then for women who do have some estrogen or hormonal imbalances, sometimes even eating foods that are considered partial agonists like soy, uh, red clover, those kinds of things, um, are, they bind to the estrogen receptor, but not tightly. So that if you have a lot of estrogen, they'll be binding to the receptor and decreasing the stimulation. They kind of compete with the estrogen. Okay. Um, but not stimulating it as much as the estrogen would. So sometimes that'll abate some of the symptoms. But also if you're low estrogen, it'll be binding to the receptor and be stimulating it more than it typically would. So it can kind of balance high or low estrogen. And you know what? That is, I think, a huge misconception where they say, if you have hormonal issues, stay away from soy. Right. And there are, you know, I do caution some patients who have, we know, a known estrogen receptor positive breast cancer, if they're fighting something like that, it's a good idea to stay away from it for a short term. But the rest of the women, it's perfectly safe to continue with soy in those circumstances. So, yeah. You are like the second person, like expert that I hear say that. Everybody else is like, no, soy is the worst. Thank you. I, I love that. Yeah. And the other person that said it, he, he's an OBGYN. And I super trust what he says. So I'm glad to hear somebody else mm-hmm. say it as well. And what are those foods or nutrients or habits that can actually help someone when they're struggling with hormonal issues? Um, one of the best things you can do is to stay active. Um, it's going to help your sleep. It's going to decrease insulin resistance. So you want to make sure everyone's getting movement every day um, and exercise. Um, some of the foods that can help, um, the green leafy vegetables are always a good idea. Whole grains typically are good. We just kind of want to watch the carbs. We want to stay away from the processed foods and the foods that have added sugars, um, flour. A lot of people with hormone issues, often it can be attributed to a leaky gut sometimes. Mm. So we want to make sure we're looking at food sensitivities, making sure the GI health is in in line. Um, there's do you a, do an elimination mm-hmm. diet with them? Yes. Um, many patients I will do an elimination diet or sometimes we'll do some blood work um, looking at IgG or IgA um, to see if they've got a, and kind of an autoimmune response or if they're producing those antibodies in, in response to something in their diet. Um, but if not, elimination diet's really probably the best way to, to okay. start. Just so you guys know, an elimination diet is when you remove a certain food from your diet, how long do you do it for? I I usually recommend four weeks. Mm -hmm. I start off with four weeks of removing, for most people, wheat, dairy, soy, eggs, and corn. Those are the five most common. And then adding back in one for three weeks or, you know, for until they have symptoms. If they have symptoms, then we have to do another at least two to three weeks of a clean out again, basically back to the clean elimination diet. Uh, But if they've tolerated it for three weeks without any symptoms, they can continue to have that food, but then add in reintroduce another another one. one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 
it's very it's a lot of work it's a lot of work but i've i've done you know the the easy version which is dairy and gluten and then and then i've done sugar and mm-hmm. um so i and some peanuts and a bunch of things and what i've found is that my connection like my body will be so clear with a yes and a no versus if i'm just eating whatever it's really hard to find that connection with with your body. It is. It, it's complicated. And if you even just eat a tiny bit of wheat, it, you can have certain types of symptoms for weeks. So you might not even be attributing to some of your symptoms to the wheat that you ate two and a half weeks ago. Wow. You know, it gets really confusing. So the cleaner you can do it, the more information you'll get from your body. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask some other thing. Let me think. Um, so where can people find you? If they um, want to make an appointment or your website, tell us yeah, whatever, more, where can people find you? More information about me and to make an appointment is on my website. It's deserttrailselpaso.com. Um, you can always email me with any questions. It's deserttrailselpaso at gmail.com. And um, those are the best ways to get a hold of me. You can reach me in my office number. It's 480-993-8050. And I try to return messages at the end of the day on that number. Okay. And do you do, do you only do in person or do you do virtual appointments as well? I can do virtual appointments right now. I've just been doing in person, but if it's someone who can't make it in or we need to set up a different, especially I like to meet people usually at least once. Um, but then going virtual from there then on is pretty easy. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Thank you for having me. Helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the work you do. Oh, thank you. Yep. Do you feel tired, heavy, or sluggish? If you want to have more energy in just one week, I want to share with you my free guide, Nutrition for Energy, a seven-day guide for increased vitality. To get it, go to claudiabehealthy.com. See you on the next episode.